0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com Inside out. It's a new year, and uh, what we know is that most of the time when the year changes, it goes something like this. We have celebration, woohoo New year. We have reflection, and reflection could be two parts. We could look back at the last year and go. Man, it was great. And then there's that other part of the reflection that says, Oh my God, thank you, Jesus, that it's a new year. Because it's like there's some things we regret about last year, there's some things we missed out on. So we have celebration, reflection, but then we most of the time go into a new year with resolution. Determining that this year's gonna be different. I'm gonna lose weight this year. I'm gonna save money this year. I'm gonna work out this year. I'm gonna go to church this year. I'm gonna tithe this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And most of the time, you don't. Because about 80% of all New Year's resolutions tank by February 15th. So uh, it's a nightmare when you try to change external things expecting an internal change. You can't change things on the outside expecting it to work on the inside. So therefore, what we've been doing this month is trying to show you that instead of worrying about the outside and the exterior uh, Things in life. Why don't we get healthy on the inside where it matters most, and it will naturally roll over and impact the outside? Amen. So, um, what we've done is the first week we talked about addiction. Our title was "Help, I'm I'm an addict. Help, I'm addicted." And I hopefully I did my hopefully you received my very best in trying to communicate that. Addictions not just regulated and restricted to those popular ones like alcohol abuse or drug use or sexual um, addiction of pornography or anything of that nature. While all of those we recognize and identify with, there's some addictions that, that, that are in the room this morning that you didn't even know you were addicted, but you are. And I've had fun almost every single week asking how many of you know, you know, you don't need me to tell you, you know, you're addicted to coffee. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, Jesus. I know I'm an addict. Well, what I've tried to do is just kind of gently show you, uh, I've tried to show you that there are things in your life that you're addicted to, and it simply means that you can't stop doing them on your own, and, and whatever those things are in your life that you want to be set free from, you need to let God take care of it on the inside uh, rather than trying to fix it on the outside. And then last Sunday was hilarious. I thought it was a very intense, serious subject matter because it was help, I'm angry. But now since I preached it all week long, I've been getting all these crazy, funny comments where people are abusing the sermon and using it for fun. And it's cra- even staff members are like, it's good, Pastor Tommy, I'm not angry. And I'm like, ah. I get it. I get it from the sermon, right? And then I'm noticing text messages going back and forth. You need to pray for him. He's angry. And I'm like, wow, man, you guys are wearing that sermon out. But uh, (laughs) so hopefully you heard the serious portion of that message and not just the, the fun part. But then it brings us to today. It brings us to today. A very serious subject matter. And I want to say a quick word of thanks to all of you that have been praying for me this week. I've I've received a few phone calls and emails and and messages saying, I know you're up against a tough topic and I just want you to know I'm praying for you. So thank you for that. But uh, I would say to all of you that your prayers have worked because I feel very confident today. I feel encouraged in my heart because of this. I'm not really sharing my opinions today. Uh, I don't really have to try to come up with something to say. I'm gonna choose to just share the word of God with you and, and, and let the word of the Lord do the work today. So this topic of depression, wow, what a big topic. It's a very difficult thing to discuss at times And I want to take the cat out of the bag and talk about the elephant in the room for a minute before I preach to you. It's extremely common, but it's also extremely tucked away. There's a lot of you in this room today that have or you currently are in a position of depression. And some of you keep it very hidden you don't share it with your, your, your closest partner. You don't share it. But it's something that you know that you're dealing with. Your majority of the time, people that deal with depression use words like dark. They're in a dark place. Or deep and lonely, secluded, a, a private place. And, and this, this, this is for our students today. It's for all of our young adults. It's for our couples it's for you that are grandparents. This message is not just for that one, it's for all of us. And I just want to come out real quick where I'm not misunderstood today. I just have to say this and get it out of the way. I, in no way, assume that a 30 minute message will solve depression. That's not the point of preaching, preaching doesn't solve problems. What preaching does, and as a matter of fact, may I say, that's what some people get disappointed with is they think if I could just hear a sermon, preaching doesn't solve problems. What preaching does is point you in the direction. It exposes the issue, hopefully gives you a solution, a prescription, and then it must be fulfilled. It must be lived out by you. Are you are you tracking with me? So today, this sermon will not fix depression, but I believe with my whole heart that a service like this can get you started on the right path because I know that one thing we believe here at Calvary Church of Fort Worth, you see it around our property on signage. You'll hear it from me over time in the pulpit. We know that finding freedom is a process. Freedom doesn't happen instantly most of the time. There's sometimes, but most of the time, freedom is a process. And this sermon today is something that I wanna to preach to you to help you get started on the process of finding your freedom. And, and I, he had, I, I, I absolutely believe that God gives wisdom to men and women. He has done so all throughout history. Some, some need medicinal treatment. Some need therapy treatment. Some need counseling treatment. And, and all of that is great, but I will not apologize for this statement. All of that is great, but if you don't have God in the very center of it, you're missing the power behind that method. So you can't put your trust in medicine. You can't put your hopes in therapy. You can't put all of your eggs uh, in the basket of, of counseling. All of this stuff is needed in life, but I can promise you this much. You better put all of your stock in the power of God, and then allow the methods that God chooses to lead you in, allow that to be a part of your process. Are you with me so far? So I don't want to be misrepresented today. I don't want to be misunderstood today that uh, when it comes to this topic, it's a difficult one, but today I'm coming to it from a pulpit position, and I hope that you'll receive it as such. David. (laughs) David. David is so real. David keeps it honest. I mean, we're talking a man that killed wild animals with his bare hands. We're talking about a man that took out a giant. But we're talking about a man that slept with the wrong woman at the wrong time, murdered to cover it up. David is real. David writes in a very authentic way. (laughs) Have you ever read any of the Psalms where it starts out and you're thinking, I went to this scripture for encouragement. This is not encouraging me. David's like, I woke up this morning and everybody hates me. I woke up this morning and everybody's against me. And you're like, Lord, send me to the right scripture. I woke up this morning and everybody hates me. Oh, Lord, I woke up this morning. (laughs) David's like, Lord, I just pray over my enemies. They're driving me crazy. Lord, I pray over. Oh, Lord Jesus, what is this? And we close the Bible and we're like, forget that. I need some Oprah. I need Dr. Phil or something better. (laughs) David's funny. Psalms chapter 42. I think that some of you are going to relate to David here. My tears, my tears, my pain. My problems, my tears have been my food day and night. I'm feasting on my pain. I'm feasting on my problems. While men say to me all day, Where's your God, David? Where's your God? For those in the room that have dealt with or are currently dealing with depression, one of the questions that oftentimes bounces around in your brain like a ping pong ball is where's God? I'm in trouble. Where's God? Pastor Tommy says he's as close as the mention of his name, but where's God? Pastor Tommy says he'll never leave me nor forsake me, but where is he? All I have is my tear. All I have is my pain. All I, all I have is my trouble. Where is he now? And we start feeling that struggle come up within me. And David says, these things I remember. These things I remember. Watch this. I remember as I pour out my soul. I remember how I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy, with thanksgiving among the festive throng." And Then I ask my soul, why are you so downcast? I have these memories of good times, but why am I so downcast? I have a beautiful home, but why am I so down? I have a beautiful partner in this life, but why am I so down? I have beautiful children, but why am I so down? I have a job, but why am I so down? I have a car, but why am I down? I have a church, but why am I down? I have friends, but why why am I down?" Nothing's making sense to me. Here's your good definition of depression. If somebody asks you to define depression, you can try the clinical stuff all you want, and they're just going to roll your eyes. They're going to roll their eyes at you because enough of the clinical mess. This is what depression really is. It's a hopelessness that's inconsistent with reality. My reality says this, but I don't care what reality says. I feel this. You tell me I shouldn't feel down, but you don't understand. Well, I I feel this way. I can't change the way I feel. You tell me to look at your life. You have this, you have that. But it doesn't matter what I see. I'm telling you I feel this way. And I can't hide, I can't deny, I can't lie. This is, you don't know me. This is what I'm sensing. And I feel like some of you are, Understanding what I'm saying. And David says, I used to have all these things, so why is my soul so downcast? Who, why am I so disturbed? He says, why so disturbed within within me? Why am I so troubled? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Here we go, everybody. Get your pens ready. Here we go. What we think think is what we become what we think is what we become it's nothing new under the sun this goes all the way back to proverbs 23 and 7 for as he thinks in his heart so is he I will never change my life until I change the way I think. Joyce Meyer, of course, one of my favorites to listen to and study and read. She's very well known for one of her most successful books was The Battlefield of the Mind. I'm not going to have you do it, but imagine yourself touching this cranium, this skull. Within this skull and cranium, this house of bone, rest the engine, this, this cerebral powerhouse that controls everything. My hands are lifted because my mind, my mouth is moving because my mind. You're hearing because of your mind. Nothing happens outside of the mind. And it's the great battlefield. Every single one of us, our good days are because of the mind. Our bad are because of the mind. It's not because of the flat tire. And it's not because of the home run at the ball game. It was the mind and its interpretation thereof. Are you tracking with me? It's not external things that make me happy. It's not external things that bring me down. It's how I interpret the external on the inside. So therefore, I must have a change on my inside, how I'm interpreting everything in this life that God gives me. I have to change my thinking, my thoughts on this life. And we've all had bad thinking days. Some of you are having them right now. Don't believe the lie. The Cowboys will win in Jesus' name. I don't want all that false mess in this house. If you're having bad thinking, I cast that foul spirit out of you in Jesus' name. And don't believe the lie that I'm going to preach all the way to kickoff. I won't let that happen. Hey, we've all had bad thinking, man all of us. I don't care how seasoned you are in your faith. I don't care how much scripture you've memorized. I don't care how new you are to your faith. I don't care if you don't have any faith at all right now, although you have a measure. We've all had bad thinking. Here's the catch. It's what you do in that moment of bad thinking that will put you in a dark place or not. Oh, Pastor Tommy, you just don't you don't you don't get it. No, I do, I I get this. Every single one of us in this room, I don't care how old you are, I don't care what color your skin is, I don't care how good looking, bad looking, heavy, skinny, old, young, smart, not so smart, I don't care what you categorize yourself as, we're all equal, 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 equal with the fact that we have thoughts. Yes. And all of us have bad thinking at times. And what I'm wanting to show you in this sermon today is, it's, it's it's what we do with our bad thinking that will determine the difference. Help me, Jesus. So, what's affecting? What's impacting? What's influencing our thinking? I'm fits and fits in and give you some things today. Fits and give you some things that can change your life forever. There's, there's a few things that I want to talk about, and there's probably more that, that I don't be able to get to today. But there's some things that I believe have influence in our thinking that will ultimately lead us to a place that we don't want to be, in a dark place. But before I get there, I've been wanting to say this for so long, and I feel a, a courage to say it. I, come, I admit this to you, that I have felt as a preacher the pressure and the intimidation of depression. Because when I meet with people that are depressed or, quote, depressed, as they communicate that they feel they're depressed, what I feel in these shoes that I wear as a pastor, I feel like there comes with that statement an intimidation that says to the man of God, you preach your sermons, you teach on worship, you teach on salvation, you teach on giving. But this is a this is a conversation that you don't you don't you don't get it. Depression is is a great problem that Pastor the time, and you just don't get it. And let me tell you where it comes from. God has given us wonderful, beautiful professions of, of help in medicine, of, of therapy, etc. But there comes with it the, the, the lie. That depression is a problem that even God can't help with. And it has wanted to silence the pulpit. It's a difficult matter to preach about. Because there are those in this room right now that you will choose today. You will make the decision today. He has no idea what he's talking about or you will make the decision to trust the word of God. And let me tell you where it comes from. Here's your first point. One of the great influences in all of our ways we think is that the devil will lie to you. And I know what I'm up against here. Some of you are like, I'm on three medicines. I have two therapy sessions a week and you just brought up the devil to me <laughs> and here's our big disconnect the world culture the medical field and i'm all about that being a part of the process but the problem is culture in the medical field wants to disconnect you from the fact of the matter is the word of god is the truth it is the truth It's not a bestseller. It's not another book. It's the book of life. It is the immutable, proven word of God. And within its pages tell me that the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the mighty God in Christ, died the death of the cross to take away the sin of the world but to also heal of all disease and sickness and iniquity. And the medical field wants to have this little approach at times that says, well, it's not a spiritual thing. You have an imbalance here, an imbalance there, and that might be the case, such as cholesterol and, It's problems in our bodies and arthritis. Our bodies are bodies. They're flesh and bone and blood. We're natural in our body form, and you have to treat it well. I get that. But what I'm telling you is if God can heal of arthritis, of which he can, God can help you with this dark place called depression if you choose to believe truth over the lie of the devil. Let me tell you how strong of a liar he is. The Bible says in the book of John, John chapter number eight, that when he, the devil, when he lies, he speaks his native language. He is the liar and he's the father of all lies. He can't speak one single word of truth. Let me give you a real life scenario. So you're at your desk. And somebody sends out a text to a few fellow employees. I just heard word that there's going to be a layoff this week. What's the first thing you think of? Oh, it's got to be, I bet bet they're calling my number. I bet they're calling my number. They're going to lay me off. Watch the news reports. Sickness in the Metroplex of some foreign sickness. Oh my gosh, we got to be, I bet it's going to come to my home. Anxiety, fear, worry, trouble, the enemy on this shoulder Telling you lie after lie. Man, did you see my kids' report cards? There's no way they're ever gonna get in college with these kind of lie after lie. She's not calling me back. She's not taking my call. She's gotta be cheating on me. I gotta figure this out. There's my whole world's falling apart. And these are just little, little scenarios. I get it, there's a whole lot more there. But what I'm saying is the enemy wants to lie, wants to lie, wants to lie, and change and impact your thinking. And then whatever you think is what you become. It's the battlefield of the mind. Whatsoever a man thinks, whatever he's thinking in his heart, so is he. So who are you listening to? Because what, 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 what comes in this mind, you have, to, you have to have more truth coming in than lies to offset the lie. Number two. Number one was the devil will lie to you. Number two. Is that the world will pollute you. And some of you are not going to appreciate this this next few minutes. Because this is going to be where the rubber meets the road in your life. The world will pollute you. This is how it's stated in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number four. So I tell you this and I insist on it. Jacob, Paul very seldom would be so strong. I insist on this. It's not an option. We're not debating it. I insist on it. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the fertility of their, everyone say thinking. It goes on to say they are darkened. Who? The world. The world is darkened in their understanding and they're separated from the life of God. Guys, listen to me. We don't have to have four or five doctorate degrees to get this. It's, 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 it's simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Whatever you're taking in to your life will have an influence in your well-being. And I'm going to preach to you a little bit here. Listen to me. I made a mistake years ago, and when I, when I started preaching about a point like this, similar to this, I said, I'm going to go a little old school, and one of the men in our church said, Pastor Tommy, I understand what you were trying to say about old school, because it sounded like old-fashioned type of preaching. He said, but when you're go, uh, going old school, is not going to the Bible. The Bible's never old school. And I received that. So this morning, for for some of you, I I need to say I'm going old school because of the the, the tone in my voice when I say it. But it's not old school because it's truth. I grew up in a time and in a setting where my my, my preachers and the preaching that I heard was about coming out of the world and separation from the world to the point where they got exact with don't own a television. Now, now, just hear me out for a minute. Don't go to a movie. But hear me out for a minute. The methods and how they communicated it was, was lacking education. It was only about control and it was, it was, it was wagging a long finger But ladies and gentlemen, they were owned to something. Because let me tell you something right now. The little thing we call television that sits in our living rooms and our bedrooms and, and every other place we can stick it. When that thing is turned on, it is pumping into your room, into your house, into your family, the things of the world. Now, if it's to be real strong we, we see the world's movies. We listen to its music. We go to its forms of entertainment. And the Bible sits right here and tells us the world will have a darkening and the people will have a darkening. And God's plan for you is to come out of the world, to be separate from the world. And there's a reason for it. You cannot be in and a part of this world and inundated with all of its worldly things and not be influenced by it. Let me go further. Our current music. I mean, let's just be real about it, y'all. I mean, I can put me on a little pair of flip flops and a pair of shorts and get up here and tell you a cute story, or we can just be real about this: the lyrics, the hate, the filth, the trash, the the darkness, and we're just pumping it into our minds and we memorize the lyrics. And then the next thing you know, we tweet the lyrics. The next thing you know, we, 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 we put them to different forms of communication. The movies we watch, the series we watch, the programs we watch, and the darkness that comes with all of that. You are what you think. And, and it's not like we even drink from the things of the world. We've got it on IV pumps, man. We just can't get enough of it. And it's darkness, 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 and crime, and murder, and death, and, and sex, and, 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 and we push the limits as far as we can go, and we just saturate our, the, 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 there's a biblical word, baptismo. We baptize our minds with the dark things of the world, and then we wonder, I'm in this dark place, and, and I just, I don't know Why? And we, and we run to this therapy session. And we run to this clinic for help. And we take this pill and that pill. And, and a lot of that's a part of the process. I get it. But, but if that's all you're going to deal with, all you're doing is putting a Band-Aid on a problem. And the problem is not on the outside. All you're doing is tricking out the mind to modify your thinking, not fixing the real solution. If, if all I do is eat the worst of the worst of the worst, 24 seven, and then I say to myself, I don't understand why I'm so unhealthy. If I, if I get on my computer and all I do is get, go, go to virus after virus after virus, I don't know why it's not working. Then how can we think that our minds will be right if all my eye gate sees are the things of the world and all my ears hear are the things of the world and. All I do are the things of the world. And then I want to come to church and say, Pastor Tommy, I I need a miracle in my life. I'm in a dark place. We want it to be solved and fixed without putting in the effort of the being separate from the world. Now we can either play games with it or we can just get real with it. The fact of the matter is you are what you're thinking about. And we all have those thoughts. And I'm not going to leave you with just judgment that you are what you think. So don't get nervous. Don't, don't check out on me yet. I'm going to give you a solution to your thinking in just a minute. But I'm trying to state my case. I'm trying to make my point that it's, it's the devil's lying to you and the world's polluting you. If you want to know how your thoughts are influenced, it comes from the lies of the devil. And you have a hopelessness that's inconsistent with your reality. The devil wants to tell you the sky is yellow and the grass is, I almost said brown, but in wintertime it is, <laughs> that the grass is red. <laughs> Could have been a really bad point. The grass is brown. Well, that's true. <laughs> the point of my, my, what I'm trying to get across is this. The devil wants to lie to you and the world wants to pollute you. And and you know what I'm up against up here? Because all of you have the luxury of sitting on that pew. I have to stand here and look at all of you, and you know what I'm seeing and what I'm sensing? You don't get it. You don't know where I'm at. I'm not going to tell you that I know where you are, but I can tell you how you got there. And it's either you let a preacher preach to you, or you just keep doing what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, You are what you think. You can't go to those kind of websites and not have those thoughts. You can't go to those places and not have those thoughts. You can't watch those programs and not have that thought. You can't listen to that and not have that thought. It's all connected. And then, last but not least, here's what happens. When we have a problem, and guess what? You'll have many of them. Your problems confuse you. And you link your problems, simple real life issues, you connect them to God, to your faith, and to your family. And you think that everybody's against you and that nobody gets you. And those that love you most are against you. Those that are in your corner, the deepest, are are not with you. And the very thing that you need the most, you feel, has left you. And because you're in a place where you're just dark, because of all the intake, and your mind's polluted, and your ears have been full of lies from the enemy, and the next thing you know, when you have a problem, a a simple problem, the next thing you know, when you have a problem, you link the problem and it confuses you and you make it a bigger problem. And that's why people with, with great anxiety, with great troubles, and with great situations, the smallest little trigger can set them off. And those in your network, those that love you the most, they will talk, they will talk to you saying, it's, it's okay, it's, just, it's not that bad, but it's bad to them. And that's where, where all of us on the outside, we don't get it. It's huge to them. Their world's crumbling. And their problem is magnified and and it's confusing to them. And then what we do is we we take a problem and then we start trying to make decisions in a problematic moment, which is never healthy. Psalms chapter number 10, verse number 1. Here comes the shift, everybody. Stay with me. Stay with me. You can't check out right now. Psalms 10, verse number one, here's our problem. Y'all ready? Here's our problem, and we're about to make the turn, and we're going to talk about some solutions today because I'm not going to preach this way and just leave you out there dangling. Psalms chapter 10 and one. Why, oh Lord, why do you stand afar off? Some of you feel that way. You could be sitting in church, and you haven't felt God at all, and you wonder, why, is, why do I don't feel God? God? Where is God? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble from me, God? But then David makes the shift. Most of his Psalms that start out rotten, if you'll hang in there long enough and keep reading, you'll find him say, This day's terrible, everybody's against me. Lord, you are wonderful, <laughs> for you have put the right people in my circle of love. You have given me favor with them. And then the very next day he wakes up just like me and you. This day is trash. This is awful. Nobody liked my post. (laughs) And if you hang in there long enough, David then says, Mighty God of multitudes and magnitudes of likes and comments thereof. Thank you for sending the wonderful people by my page today. (laughs) 73 have shared it. (laughs) Of course they did. His name's really not David, his name's Tommy, Susie, Richard. He's you. Because that's what we do. We let the devil lie to us and we set ourselves up to be polluted by the world. And then when a problem comes, we just blow it out of proportion and we make terrible decisions in a problematic season. But here comes the solution. David then says in verse 17 Psalms 10 again, that was verse 1. Here's verse 17 he says, he switches, he, he, he jumps, and he, and he transitions. You hear, oh Lord, you hear the desires of the afflicted. You encourage them. You listen to their cry. Here's the point today. If you're gonna survive this, you partner this with your therapy. You partner this with your medicinal treatment. You partner this with your counseling. And here it is. Master the art of calling another thought to mind. You have to master it. You've dealt with this depression long enough. You know its symptoms. You know when you're going down. You know when you're feeling alone. You know when your world's crumbling. And if you're going to survive this, you're going to have to start learning this. You're going to have to remember to call a different thought to mind. You're not sinful for having the thoughts that brought you down. You're not a sinner for having those kind of thoughts. You're human. You're normal. You're just like me. You're no different than anyone in the room. Your bad thinking is as normal as the day, as the day is long and the sun coming up tomorrow. But the difference is when you're, when you're feeling it, it's kind of like a diabetic. When you're feeling it changing in your system, you got to hit the pump. You got to hit the shot. You got to take the pill. Just like this. This is another situation in your body that you're going to have to take spiritual authority over the physical. Your physical body wants to think everything's going wrong, everything's wrong, everything's bad, this world's crumbling. You're going to have to take spiritual authority over the physical and change your thought and bring a better thought, a godly thought into the forefront of your thinking. For all of you that have dealt with it or dealing with it, you want me to tell you how special you are? God didn't give you a verse. He didn't give you a chapter. He gave you a book. An entire book in your Old Testament is, is, is dedicated. It's devoted to every single one of you that have a tendency to deal with the darkness of depression. It's called Lamentations, to lament. Let me share a little bit of it with you. Lamentations chapter number three. It's a mean joke, whoever's playing the joke with the clock. No way it's that late. God, what a whacked up sense of humor you have. It's just twisted. Lamentations chapter 3. I'm going to be just so chewed out at staff meeting. You preach forever. You're fired. (laughs) Lamentations 3. Just went ahead and got out there ahead of that. (laughs) Does this sound like your life? Lamentations 3. Check this out. Verse 1. I'm the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of Lord's anger. He. I mean, when you're down, you'll blame God. You ain't going to blame your husband, your wife, your kids. That ain't good enough. We're just going to go to the top. If I'm down, I'm taking him down too. I'ma blame God. He has led me into darkness. You're up there preaching about him. He's the one that done, he's done it. He's led me into darkness. He's the one that has shut out all the light. He's turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He's made my skin and flesh grow old. We're blaming God for our aging. He has broken my bones. It was a skateboard, but you're going to blame God when you're down. He has besieged and surrounded me with anguish and distress. He has buried me in a dark place like those long dead. He has walled me in. I cannot escape. He's bound me in heavy chains. Now, everybody listen to me. Imagine your house, your physical house, or your apartment, wherever you live. Every one of these statements, imagine another light going off. Because with these kind of thoughts, another light goes off. In your house, your mind, your heart, it's getting darker. Because of how you're thinking, you're turning off the light of hope. He's blocked my way with a high wall. He's made my road crooked. He has hidden like a bear or a lion waiting to attack me. He's dragged me off the path. He's torn me in pieces, leaving me helpless and devastated. He has drawn his bow and made the target, made me the target for his arrows. He shot his arrows deep into my heart. Getting darker and darker. My own people laugh at me. My friends don't get me. My family doesn't get me. My preacher doesn't get me. My church doesn't get me. I'm alone. It's dark. He has made me chew on gravel. He's rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away. I've forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone though everything I hoped for is from the Lord. It's been lost. This the fault of my suffering and homelessness. Now I just don't even have anywhere I can belong is a bitter loss. It's beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve my loss. And that's some of your story. But you have to pull a different thought to mind. And the Bible says in verse number 21, 21, Yet, someone say yet. Yes, Yes, this is terrible. Yes, you feel what you feel. And if anybody in here says you don't feel that, you just need to pick yourself up. They're crazy because what you feel is what you feel. But you can't live by your feelings. You have to take spiritual authority over the physical part of your mind and your cerebral machine. And you have to say the words, yet, I still dare, I dare against all of this objection, against all of this pressure of the darkness, I will dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends His mercies never cease. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, I wish I would have preached about it in the first service. Some of you need to take authority and get the microphone back and start saying to yourself, You've given the microphone to too many people. You need to get the microphone back, and you need to say to yourself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will, I will, I will hope in him. And while I feel this way, and this is, my, this is what I'm sensing I've got to remind myself that this hopelessness is inconsistent with my reality. That is a beautiful wife. That is a handsome husband. These are beautiful children. That is a nice house. I do have health in my body. And it's not just based on things, but I do have a reason. I I have friends. I have a church. I have a pastor. And while the enemy tells me one thing, and while the world's pollution tells me another thing, and while my problems seem bigger than they are, yet... I will tell myself great is thy faithfulness and every single morning there's new mercy for me and I will not let this defeat me and I will take the spiritual authority over what my physical body feels and what my mind tells me. That's not true. Whatever you think is what you're gonna be. I want to I I model this for you. Jeffrey and uh, Stacy, come quickly today. I want to model this for you today. I want you to see this. I want you to get this. And I just pray right now in Jesus' name. I pray right now in Jesus' name that this resonates with you. Young people, listen to Pastor Tommy right now. I pray that this resonates with you. I pray this connects to you. Stacy, get ready here. Here we go. My world's crumbling. The walls around my life are shrinking in. My family's forgotten me. For you, it's my my parents have forgotten me. My friends have forgotten me. For a lot of you, my spouse or my my network, all of those that I'm close to have forgotten me. And I'm at that dark place. You're going to have to force yourself to do some things to get out of the place you're in. One of them is you're just going to have to get the microphone back. And you're going to have to sing a song like this. Go ahead, Stacey.
1: Great is thy faithfulness Oh
0: Some of you have to make yourself right now. I ask you to join me. Sing it together. Morning
1: by morning, Come on,
0: force those words out of your mouth. I
1: see.
0: Take the authority over what your body feels and All what your mind says.
1: I, have I
0: spiritually proclaim.
1: I hand has Great is thy faithfulness. Great Come on, force is yourself to
0: say it. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me this morning. You'll never change your life until until you change the way you think. But you'll never change the way you think until you renew your mind. A lot of you have images in your mind from websites, from programs. A lot of you have thoughts in your mind based on what you've been reading and what you've been doing. You've allowed the pollution of the world to take residence in your mind. Romans chapter 12 says, do not conform any longer. Come on, somebody. You can't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind you need to let the blood of Jesus Christ come in like a detergent and clean out your mind. Romans chapter number 8, verses 5 and 6 in the New Living Translation. Those that are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there's going to be death But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there's life and there's peace. Can't change your life until you change your thinking. You can't change your thinking until you renew your mind. Prayer partners, quickly come. Quickly. Time is of the essence. Band, if you will, quickly. I'm sorry, I should have already called you up. This is one of those Sundays, it's one of those Sundays that are very unique and very God-designed. I feel with all my heart, I feel with all my heart today that there's some of you here that you need to start the process off to being healthy in your mind. It's going to be a process, but you need to take the first step. not telling you to make any drastic changes in your therapies in your in your medicines but i'm going to ask you are you putting more confidence and faith in that and still polluting your mind and still polluting your your world by by the things of the world some of you've been fasting you've been fasting now with us and you made the mistake and thought you needed a fast food because of traditional reasons. But some of you, you need to cut media out of your life. You need to cut. Some of you have been fasting social media because I know it. You've told me about it. And to me, I don't think you need to fast it. I think you need to cut it. Because it's your, it's your enemy. Pass, tell me what's wrong with it. It's not the problem. It's what it's with you is the problem. There's other you you, need to, you you need to separate yourself from the wrong people. All of this is the process of coming back to what? The light. I close with this scripture, and we're about to sing one last song. Isaiah chapter number 60. This scripture was given to me, my friend, on Wednesday night. This past Wednesday, it was given to me, and I must admit, I did not, it didn't ring a bell. And, and then I figured out why. It was in the amplified version. And listen to this. Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. Arise. Arise from spiritual depression to new life. Shine. Shine. Be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord. For your light has come. And the glory and the brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. For in fact, for in fact, darkness will cover the earth. And deep darkness will cover the people. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory and brilliance will be seen on you. If you want to stay in the dark place, stay in the things of the world. But if you desperately need deliverance and want the light of God's power, arise and come to God and let him shine on you. I know I've gone a long time It's my last time to mention it because now comes how much do you want? What do you want to happen in your life today? Because now it's on you. Stand with me. I don't do this every Sunday, but today I will. Our prayer partners are available, but I'm going to also do this today. I feel it's a rare occasion. I'm gonna let you pray with one another because there's some of you that you're so connected, you're well connected. You feel the pull of the Holy Spirit to pray with that family member and that friend. And I'm gonna pray right now and I want you to find that place where you can be touched by God. God is here to give you the hope that you need. Lord Jesus, I pray a blessing on these Speak a word of life over them. Lord Jesus, this sermon's not gonna solve all of their dilemma, but what it will do, hopefully in Jesus' name, will get them on the right path to start believing more truth than a lie, to start disconnecting from the pollution of the world and to not make a problem bigger than what it is. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that they'll change the way they're thinking by having their mind made anew by the blood of Jesus. I pray it in Jesus' name. Lift your voices, and here we go. Let's reach for God. He's here. Step out. Come to an altar. Find someone to pray with. If you need prayer...